You're listening to the Weekly Sermon Podcast from Liberty Family Church. For more information about our church, head to the website, libertyfamilychurch.net.au. Has anyone ever thought before, what is, where did Mother's Day even come from? Has anyone had that thought before? Yeah? Has anyone actually done any research into where it's come from? No. Well, that, oh, someone has. Here we go. That's good. You know, for me, whenever I've thought of, of Mother's Day or, or Father's Day as well, I've kind of thought of them as a bit of a, a hallmark day, you know, a commercialised thing created by people to make them big dollar bucks. Um, that's kind of what I've thought of these days to be. And if, if we're honest, that's really largely what Mother's Day kind of is, isn't it? Just like Father's Day. Is it all the, the cards and flowers and all these things that you can do to celebrate mum with a lot of people getting filthy rich as a result of it. But this isn't how Mother's Day started out. The history of Mother's Day is pretty, pretty fascinating. It's inspiring. And here's the good news for us. It's very much founded in the Christian call to love and honour others. So today what we're going to do is we're going to focus on the life of two women um, and the work that they both did, a woman by the name of Anna Jarvis and Anne Jarvis. And Anna, the daughter, she had a vision to honour her own mother, to see her mother's vision of one day each year for women, mothers to be celebrated, a Mother's Day memorial Um, realised. That's what she was all about. So let's pray as we gain encouragement from these wonderful women's lives and faith this morning. Yeah, loving God, we thank you for the way that, that you are at work in the world, and you always have been, God. You're always wanting to see new things happen. You're always wanting to see people treated with the kind of dignity and respect and acknowledgement that they deserve. And so, God, today on Mother's Day, as we, as we dig into some history and, and draw out application for our own lives, God, we just pray that, that we might capture this vision to honour as well, just like Anna did as she, as she did everything in her power to see her mum's vision to honour others honoured itself. So, God, we thank you for your word and we pray that as we open it together today that it would speak to our hearts and encourage us immensely. In Jesus' name, amen. Now, if you're a history buff, you might be thinking, well, hang on a minute, didn't Mother's Day have something to do with Easter? And if you're thinking that, you'd be right. Because Mother's Day, like many other special days, are celebrated on different times in different countries, aren't they? Who knows that if you're in the UK and it was this date today over there, it would not be Mother's Day. That's because our Mother's Day is aligned with the US celebration of Mother's Day and the UK have a different um, origin for theirs. And I tell you what, if if you decide to do some research into Mother's Day, even in half an hour, you'll find so much competing information that it's not funny. So I've done my best to be accurate, and if I'm not... I apologise in advance, but I've done my very best. In Australia, we're we're aligned with the US, so we celebrate Mother's Day on the second Sunday in May every year, while in the UK, they celebrate Mother's Day earlier, on the fourth Sunday of Lent in March. 
And the UK's origins are really fascinating. They go back to a 16th century custom, as most things do in Europe. It's always like, when was this built? Oh, yeah, in the 14th century. And when's our oldest building built? Like, Captain Cook. That's right. But it went back to a 16th century tradition called Mothering Sunday. And the tradition was that people would, each and every, in in the lead up to Easter, each and every year, they would take a trip back to their mother church, their church of origin, maybe where they grew up in a church, where they were christened, dedicated, baptised, and they would make a journey on this particular Sunday to go back to visit their mother church. And when people were doing this, they were said to be going a mothering. So that's, that's the origin from a UK point of view. And here's the thing, it was such a big deal that even servants were given the day off to go and do this. And that's something, isn't it? Even servants, and this was a, a pretty rare opportunity, as you can imagine, for all whole families to get together that pretty soon it evolved to not only be a day where you'd go to visit your mother church, but you'd, you'd factor in at least a little visit to your own mother as well, if you could. So there's some brief insight into the UK. And, and, and the UK, they said that as people were going to mothering on their journey, they would stop and pick wildflowers, and then those flowers would then be gifted to their mum after they've visited their mother church. And they'd bring along other special treats like a, a Simnel cake. Has anyone ever heard of that? It's an Easter, Easter tradition. It's this. It looks pretty good. Who wants to eat it? I do. It's a fruit cake, and it's topped with uh, either marzipan or almond paste, and it's got 11 little eggs. Can you see that? Any idea what they might symbolise? Yeah? Well done. <laughs> a bit more specific. Anyone? Oh, that's pretty good. Yeah. Jesus' disciples minus Judas. How's that? And that was something that traditionally people would share. And because as a, as a fruitcake, it would keep. So they'd even share it on Easter Sunday as they're celebrating Jesus' death and triumphant resurrection. And yeah, let's not celebrate Judas, I guess. <laughs> Isn't that fascinating? There's a bit of history for you. So anyway, moving on to the US. So Anna Jarvis and her inspirational mother. So Anna Jarvis, the daughter, was born in Webster, West Virginia on May the 1st in 1864. She was the ninth of 11 children born to her mother. And what I'm going to do, her mother's name was Anne and Anna. So I'm just going to call her mother, Mother Jarvis is what she was known as, just to avoid confusion. So Mother Jarvis, she was a pretty incredible woman. She was dedicated She was driven, she loved God, and she had a passionate love for people. And I would say that love was pretty revolutionary for the time in which she lived. If you know your American history, you'll know that if Anna Jarvis was born in 1864, she was born smack bang in the middle of the American Civil War. And at the time, Mother Jarvis was pretty, she was a pacifist, which um, means that she wasn't into, into fighting or, or killing people. And she played a key role in mobilising what were known as women's brigades, made up of members of Mother's Day work clubs that she's established in the years prior to actually care for people who were suffering 
during the Civil War. And these cl clubs that she had set up in the decades prior, their, their whole point was to help people with improve hygiene and health practices and conditions. But when the Civil War broke out, she saw the need to, to shift the focus and to actually, um, she actually encouraged the members of these Mother's Day work clubs to declare their neutrality, to say, you know what, I'm not going to go, we're not going to only um, look after this side, we're going to look after both sides. Regardless of what uniform they're wearing, we're going to show them love, we're going to show them care, we're going to feed them, we're going to tend to their wounds, that is what we, sh we are to do. And so she did that. That was her vision. And I tell you what, she, she would have copped a bit in the day for that in such a deeply divided America. What a strong and courageous woman. And yeah, you're probably beginning to kind of get a bit of an insight into why this lady, Mother Jarvis, was known as Mother Jarvis so affectionately. She cared for and she saw the intrinsic worth in each and every human being. She didn't let beliefs or political persuasions get in the way. She believed, as um, Genesis 1.27 declares, that all people are created in God's own image, in his likeness. And because they are, what? They're all equally precious. They're all equally should be shown respect and care. And Mother Jarvis's legacy doesn't stop there. In the summer of 1865, she, she was instrumental in trying to bring reconciliation to a deeply divided America. She organised, uh, again, you can see the mother's kind of thing going here, a mother's friendship day that was held at a prominent courthouse to bring together soldiers, to bring together neighbours of all political persuasions after the war had ended. What an incredible legacy. And this day continued in America for a number of years, and it did. It helped to bring healing. It helped to bring reconciliation to a broken nation. And Mother Jarvis, she, she gave her life. She dedicated her life in service and sought to bless God and others. And she died at the age of 72 on the 9th of May, 1905. What a remarkable woman, hey? What an influence and legacy she made. Now, you don't even need to really think for too long to, to study the history books, to, to get a sense of just how Mother Jarvis's example rubbed off on her young daughter, Anna. You know, you look, look even at what they've decided to do in life. Mother Jarvis, in her spare time, was a teacher. What did Anna become? A teacher. Mother Jarvis was a faithful follower of Jesus, discipled and raised her kids well. What did Anna do? She chose to follow Jesus in her life too. Mother Jarvis had a passion to see other mothers celebrated, recognised, given, given the honour that they deserved. And Anna too had a passion for seeing mothers treated the same way. Mother Jarvis, she was tough, she was outspoken, she was principled, and Anna was tough, principled, and sometimes very outspoken, as we'll see a bit later. And pretty clear that for Anna, Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, the fifth commandment, was one that was very dear to her and, and governed the way she went about her life. What does it say? It says, honour your father and your mother, that your days may be long in the land that the Lord is giving to you. 
And it's believed at the age of 12, Anna heard her mother pray a prayer at the end of a Sunday school lesson she'd given. Guess the topic? Mothers of the Bible, that's right. (laughs) Where she had, just in this prayer, it's kind of like a a passing thing perhaps, by what I can gather, but she expressed that it was her desire to see an annual day, a mother's memorial, to see mothers honoured and treated and celebrated their remarkable service of mothers everywhere. And from, from historians who've really dug into this, they say that at her mother's grave, at her funeral, Anna, Anna's brother Claude heard her reciting the prayer that her mother had said all those years ago in full, besides adding her own declaration at the end, her own prayer or commitment. She said, by the grace of God, you shall have that Mother's Day. By the grace of God, you shall have that Mother's Day. And it's fair to say that Anna did absolutely everything that she possibly could to see her mother's vision become a reality. As she started taking steps, she, um, she met with prominent you know, pastors of the day who had far more influence than pastors do in society today. She met with them, she met with businessmen, she met with all sorts of people and started advocating for this kind of thing. She, she discovered, though, in the midst of doing this, she discovered a very sad reality that I would say largely hasn't changed to this day. She discovered that many adult children in her generation had become negligent in the treatment of their parents. They weren't honouring their fathers or mothers as, they, as Jesus had commanded, say, in Matthew 19, 19. They, they weren't, as the Apostle Paul calls us to, showing respect or giving honour where respect and honour were due, Romans 13, 7. And Karen Antolini, a historian, she, she sheds light into Anna's approach to Mother's Day. Here's what she says. She says, Whereas Mrs. Jarvis, that's Mother Jarvis, wanted to celebrate the work done by mothers to improve the lives of others, Anna's perspective was that of a devoted daughter. Her motto for Mother's Day was, for the best mother who ever lived, your mother. This was why the apostrophe had to be singular, not plural. Anna envisaged the holiday as a homecoming, a day to honour your mother, the one woman who dedicated her life to you. And then two or, or three, depends on which historical account you read, a couple of years after her mum's death, Anna led the very first Mother's Day memorial. She led it at Andrew's Methodist Church in Grafton on the second Sunday in May. Why? Because it was the date closest to her mother's death as she could possibly get it for a Sunday for church. And guess what? You know what? another tra- tradition? What's the flower traditionally for Mother's Day? Carnations, yes. Hundreds of carnations were handed out at this initial service and it was a big success. And before too long, Mother's Day became more and more popular and widely practised. It was adopted as a, as a state holiday in West Virginia in 1910 and eventually, after lots and lots of advocacy and chatting with everyone and campaigning, it was eventually set aside as a national holiday in the United States of America in 1914. 
Anna had done it. She'd fulfilled her mother's dream. She'd honoured and continued her mother's legacy and life's work. And that's all nice, isn't it? Here's the sad part of it. As the day became a lot more popular, and in turn over the years as it became more commercialised, Anna came to intensely dislike, she came to hate the day, the day that she had created. She believed, and I'd say it's probably a true belief, that many people had actually taken hold of a great thing and simply exploited it for personal gain. Remember how I said earlier that that Anna was a bit like her mum, quite outspoken at times? Well, here's a, <laughs> you can read it for yourself. Here's a press release she wrote condemning opportunistic florists, in her words. What will you do to rout charlatans, bandits, pirates, racketeers, kidnappers and other termites that would undermine with their greed one of the finest, noblest and truest movements and celebrations? Whew! Them fighting words. And you know, it's, it's widely believed that one of her final acts as, a, as an 83 or 84-year-old was actually going around her neighbourhood at the time, door to door, with a petition asking people to sign it in support to actually rescind the day altogether. That is how much she came to hate the very day that she'd been instrumental in creating. Isn't that tragically sad? It's very, very sad. Now, you might be thinking today, well, this is very interesting, but what's this got to do with me? What's this got to do with me today? How does knowing this, how does kind of thinking on this challenge me or stir me to to follow Jesus, to to live my life and honour him? Well, you know, we, we... we wouldn't need to think for too long to draw out some, in, some powerful lessons from the way that these two mighty women lived their lives. Faithfulness to the way of Jesus in, um, went up against fierce opposition. Can you imagine? Could, could you imagine in a deeply divided America where you're on one side or you're on the other? And if you're on that other side, I passionately hate you and I will do everything to kill you. Can you imagine... Her coming in to her team of women servants doing such a faithful job in society and saying, guys, we're not going to choose one side or the other. We're going to freely serve. We're going to freely love everyone. Just like Jesus freely served and freely loved everyone. Can you imagine? Imagine the opposition that they would have faced, that she would have faced, that they would have faced in society at the time. What about, you know, the, the love of enemy? Love of enemy, that's a, that's a good one. What does Jesus say? Hate those who hate you? No, I don't think he says that. That's what we say. That's one of our modern-day mantras, isn't it? We don't say it, but we, we think it and we live by it. No, 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 no. Bless those who persecute you. Love your enemies. Show love to your enemies. Love and concern for the poor, the downcast and genuine love and concern for family and friends. Another thing, I guess, the, the, the importance of legacy building. We, we have many 
ideas of what a good legacy is nowadays, don't we? And um, I'm not against this in any way, so don't hear me wrong here, but for a lot of Australians, we think leaving a legacy is leaving lots and lots of money for our children. It's not, it's not a bad thing to look after our families. That's a godly thing to do. But a legacy of faith, a legacy of love, a legacy of mercy, a legacy of compassion, a legacy of, of, um, a legacy of loving your enemies is a far greater legacy for us to leave than that of just cash. Because in the end, what are you going to take with you? Take our faith with us. Says that all our all our good works are storing up for us riches in heaven. You can't you can't take the money with us, can we? It's like that old that old joke. Um, the rich man he lived his whole life. He was a he was a miser. He treated his workers terribly. He um, his fourth wife absolutely hated him with a passion because he was just a ruthless wretched, would screw anyone over to get ahead. All he cared about was the dollars. And so when he, um, when he died, he, his wife said, well, you know, they asked her, what, what, were, what was his wishes? And she said, oh, what do you think? He wants all his money to, to be buried in the casket with him. And they, they kind of looked to her and was like, what a, what, a, what a horrible man, without saying it. And so anyway, they, they asked her later on, they said, so, so what did you decide to do? And she said, oh, yeah, I, I put every single cent in there. Every single cent. There's not one left over. And they're like, phew, far out. And then she, out of the back of her pocket, flicked a checkbook and she'd put a check in with all his money and so he can cash it somehow when he wants, can't he? <laughs> we can't take it with us. It's no good. It's no good at all. You know, and that's it, like the legacy building, living a life of love, living a life of radical service, living a life of obedience to the ways of Christ, that is the kind of legacy, isn't it? That is the kind of legacy that, that we want to be leaving, that we want to, because that's the kind of legacy that doesn't stop when we stop. When we go on and, and be with Jesus through faith in Jesus Christ, when we go on one day, that kind of legacy keeps on flowing on. Because if you've lived that kind of life, chances are your kids are going to kind of like you because you're others-focused, you're not self-focused, you're not all about... You know what I'm saying. That kind of legacy. So legacy building, living a life that points and leads others to love and follow Jesus. And so many other things. But for me... I believe this morning that, that God actually wants us to, to allow this image of Anna Jarvis and her dedication to honouring her mother to spur us on in honouring and celebrating women in our lives who are worthy of celebrating too. Yeah? You know, some of us, we've grown up and we genuinely appreciate our own mothers like Anna Jarvis did. And some of us haven't. And some of us don't to this day. Some of us, as, as Cam prayed earlier, some of us have beautiful relationships with our mum. They're really strong and they're meaningful and, and some of us don't. And we're kind of, even as we're sitting here on Mother's Day, 
we've got that nagging feeling inside that maybe things will never change. Maybe we'll never have that relationship that we crave. Some of us have mothers who are still with us, praise God, and some of us don't. Some of us don't. Some of us here or listening have longed or are longing to be mothers ourselves, but for a range of reasons that didn't or hasn't happened for us as yet. Some of us are estranged as mothers, but some of us are estranged from our children, and dates like these just remind us of all the horrible aspects of life that cause us so much pain. It can be really, really tough. Mother's Day can be an emotional day for many of us, that's for sure. Well, can I, can I encourage you today? As, as Cam prayed earlier, God, God knows what you're going through and he cares about what you're going through. So go to him with, with whatever those burdens are and he will give you the peace that surpasses understanding and he will guard your hearts in Christ Jesus. And can I encourage you today, regardless of what you think and feel about this day, don't miss the opportunity to allow the example of Anna and Ann Jarvis to spur you on to give honour where honour is due. If that's giving honour to your own mum, fantastic, go right ahead. If that's giving honour to another woman in your life who has just been like a mother to you, the Apostle Paul speaks of a woman in the Bible who was as a mother to him, someone who was like a mother. Go for it. If that's giving honour to the incredible women in our faith community who serve and encourage us and inspire us each and every day in the way they go about their lives and their generosity, then go right ahead. The Apostle Paul in Romans 12.10, he urges all followers of Jesus to be what? Devoted to one another in love. And then what does that look like? Honour one another above yourselves. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Friends, if you're a person of faith here today, if you're, a, if you're a follower of Jesus, this is our call. To be devoted to one another in love and then to honour others above yourself. That is the call. That means we, we, we champion others, we celebrate others, we, we, look, we choose to see the good rather than focus on the not so good and in doing so we're kind of following Jesus' way where he talks about disregarding the log in our own eye because we're pointing out the speck in someone else's. No, don't look for that speck, look for everything else. Look for something to praise someone up for. Be an encourager. All that kind of thing. That is showing honour. That is showing respect. That is celebrating people. And so generally, that's what we're called to do. And then in Romans 13, 7, Paul's talking about what our attitude should be towards earthly authorities, but this is just generally applicable as well. This should be our heart in all our interactions with people. Here's what he says. He says, Pay to all what is owed to them, taxes to whom taxes are owed. We should be the most cheerful tax givers as Christians. Really, we should. Absolutely. Pay to all, taxes to whom taxes are owed, revenue to whom revenue is owed, respect to whom respect is owed, honour to whom honour is owed. Let me ask you today, who is Holy Spirit leading you to honour on this day? Today. Not tomorrow. Not in five months' time, if you remember again. Right now, today. Who is a woman or who are women 
in your life who have positively influenced you, whose love and kindness and sacrifices actually spur you on to be more like Jesus, spur you on in your faith? Who do you have a vision to honour today? I think it's fair to say that, that all of us, we would know of a woman, at least in our lives, who is worth celebrating. And I, and I don't know, maybe this is just me, but I feel that too often I think of people who are worth honouring and then I just don't go and do it in some way. Am I alone in that? No. We think of people and we go, wow, that person's inspiring or the way that they're just so encouraging or the way that they're thoughtful and they thought of that when I was going through that. What an amazing woman. And then we just leave it at that. And they don't know that people think that of them. That hasn't been a source of encouragement to spur and fuel them on in their life. It's just stuck in here. So what we're going to do today is we're actually going to practically take a moment to honour some people. So we're going to take five minutes and what we're going to do is at the back of the church there, you might have come in and seen a couple of trestle tables, what we've got is we've got some pens, we've got some paper. So if you want to grab a pen and a paper and just take a moment to write a little note to honour someone. Dear so-and-so, thank you so much for your faith example in my life. You have no idea how much that meant to me when I was going through da-da-da-da-da. I love you. Thank you for being a beautiful follower of Jesus. It could be as simple as that. Whatever it is, let's go and do that now. So they're down the back on the trestles. Uh, you, could also, you could also use this opportunity. There might be someone here in the room today that you've been meaning to say, man, I'm so encouraged by you. Go and do it now in the five minutes. Don't keep it in here. Let it out and be an encourager.